From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Welcome back to Ken LaVica Live. I'm Dean Thomas covering for Ken LaVica as he is out on vacation. Who knows what he's doing? And I'm still joined by, you know him, your boy Stone Labanowitz. Are everybody's favorite, Stone Labanowitz. I cannot believe we just said that. He was on vacation. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing, people. He's enjoying the <laughs> well, Bahamas. He's not, he's not here to defend himself. He's enjoying the Bahamas. And right now we are live at theroofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl golf outing in Banyan K. And there are some dudes posted up right in front of us. Look like they about to um, hit a par 100. What is it? You really don't know what they're about to do right now? I have no idea what they're doing. What okay, they doing? I'm going to give you – you should know what they're doing right now, Dean. They're, I mean, they're you doing, know I do not watch golf, This is how golf, you start man. off a golf hole. So you get to the what box and you what off. You what box? You get to the blank box oh, and you blank whatever. off. Um, you should blank off. <laughs> <laughs> the tee box oh, and uh, they're going to tee off. off. Okay. That is exactly what we're saying. Actually, teammate Mike Matroka out there looking spiffy in his all-white shirt. What is? Hold on, Mike Matroka is out there. Teammate yeah. of ours is. Uh, what is he doing? He's he's a part of the foursome. Dean, he's participating. Is he playing? Yeah, he is. So if you want to say oh, good Lord. luck, Mike would love a good luck from Dean I Thomas know. out there. I'm not giving him a good luck. Smallest on he, the team right he's now. He's the smallest on the team. He no looks doubt. so uncomfortable. Looks like he's playing with a bunch he of looks, division one He looks one like he doesn't players. know which. He does. He looks like he doesn't know which club to use or which way he swings. But he does. He's using the driver. He's got his shoes on the wrong foot. No, he doesn't. Looking at very nice he looks, golf shoes He looks, right he looks terrible. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. Go take the club from him, Dean. Go out there and swing. Go out there and blank off. <laughs> I'm going out there and just start hitting people with the club. That's you know how I do. <laughs> but we are having a good time. So um, the Patriots yeah. having quarterback issues right now. Situation is still going on. Situation and is super, going on. Super present right now because we are at the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl golf outing. And last year at the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl game itself was played between Western Kentucky and Appalachian State. The quarterback at the time was Bailey Zappi, so everybody from our neck of the woods is familiar with this kid, and that's why they were chanting his name when it came time to him to replace Mac Jones on that Monday night game. It was just something that I feel like us here in West Palm Beach really took to because we watched that guy break the all-time NCAA touchdown in the single season record, also the passing yardage record, single season. Like he shattered all of that, which was originally held by Joe Burrow. So Bailey Zappi is like near and dear. Now, hold on, now, which, now, which, now which team was he from? He played for Western Kentucky. Okay, he played for Western Kentucky. Which was the and he Red broke team. All, yeah, and he broke all them records. He did. He broke all of them records, led his team to a bowl game when originally they weren't even supposed to kind of be in that situation. So, like I said, people in our neck of the woods paid a lot of attention. We know who the kid is, and now. It's something that we're going to be discussing for weeks to come because Bill Belichick, head coach of the New England Patriots, you guys broke down a lot of that audio yesterday, and yeah, I love that. Yeah, we broke it down, yeah. Because he is very cryptic, and he does need somebody to break some of his quotes down for him because they don't make sense to a lot of people, and you'd be upset. So teammate Mike Matroka out there in the woods 
where he his just, golf ball shouldn't be right now. He just right hit now. his ball into the tree. So about 60 yards I think he right. Needs, I think he needs a ladder to climb the tree to get his so ball down. he still has not found his ball. You can see you can see him looking through the bushes right now. So an awful tee shot, it appears, from teammate Mike Matroka as he appears to be giving up and just getting into his golf cart, driving off. They just they say, you know what, man, just leave it. Live to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his ball. They were like, you know what, man, just leave it. Live to fight another day. Live to fight another day. So he beautifully teed that up, teased that Mike Matoka is going to struggle out there in the woods, continuing to look for his golf ball, not going to find it. But, yeah, so back to the task at hand, which was, which was Bailey Zappi. Yeah, you guys broke down a lot of that Bill Belichick audio, which I think is important because 90% of people, if you're watching an interview, you're watching somebody try to ask him certain questions, you're not going to have a clue what is going on. And we're seeing that right now. I listening to Bill Belichick do an interview, you're almost like, why are we even doing this? Like, <laughs> what is the point of interviewing this guy? Because he always says, oh, yeah, you know. Whatever. So let me rewind the clock a little bit. Do you remember Super Bowl media day? I'm not sure you do, but you do remember Marshawn Lynch trying to be interviewed. And you remember his famous quote, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. Like, this is stuff that you have to do. It's like mandatory almost like for for the public opinion like we need to know these things i don't know necessarily what rules what laws there are but they have to be done like you can't go through this quietly you're the nfl it's billion dollar industry there are billions of people watching that press conference that they they just want to know what happened you can't not show up the people need to know these things i know man but i'm sure there are a million guys on the team that would just love some shine and like yo just give me the mic for like for a minute and get those guys on the stand. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, those are the those are the sound bites that I want to hear. I don't want to hear Bill Belichick. Oh yeah, you know I don't know. Yeah, I hear you, and it's funny that you say give the mic to other guys because we've seen with this team, especially with Mac Jones, who was originally the starting quarterback for the Patriots this year, when they asked him about his ankle injury about a month ago, he said, "I don't know. You're gonna have to ask Bill." So it's like Bill and the rest of the staff are telling their guys, "Hey, move." Push those questions over to me. I'll handle them. And then, so they're okay, we can't ask Mac Jones about his ankle. We'll ask Bill Belichick. And when they go to ask Bill Belichick, and so it's like a recurring cycle. They're basically trolling, I feel like, the media. I know, well, for and sure they are. Right now. Because they have to do it. And because they have to do it. 100% why Bill Belichick is out there is because he has to do it. For sure. And he doesn't want to answer any of those questions. He doesn't care to. And no, so not he's at a, all. He's absolutely trolling us. And I feel all the time for having to be a media guy in the city of New England. Like, it's just a terrible job. I feel like your quality of life, you're getting nothing out of your team. They're not performing well right now. There's little success. And then you go to ask questions, and you're just getting no answers in everything right now. And like I said, it's super prevalent because Bailey Zappi performed in this RoofClaim.com book, Raton Bowl Golf Outing in New England for the first time in over a couple decades, has herself a quarterback battle slash controversy slash problem to figure out right now. So the question is right now, who is going to play? Stone? If I had to give an answer, I would say that we'll most likely see Mac Jones. Here's why. In that game, Monday Night Football, that you didn't watch, Mac Jones started that game. Didn't perform really well. Ended up getting benched early on for throwing an interception. Just not really executing the things, the little things that typically a quarterback for the Patriots does that Bill Belichick wants you to. Bailey Zappi, the crowd's chanting his name. They end up throwing him in the game. First couple drives. I know, as Josh told you yesterday, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah, I was about to say, he came out there and was snapping. Regression to the mean. Of course, he's going to come back to earth sooner or later. Turnover after turnover after turnover. So basically, in my opinion, he got his shot. 
and didn't necessarily earn that role. So they're going to turn back to Mac Jones, and it's going to be this continuous cycle that, in my opinion, is poisonous. It's necessarily never what you should do in a situation like this, but Bailey Zappi did not earn that spot with his performance on Monday night. They ended up losing that game 33-14. to So Bill Belichick will go back to Mac Jones, who originally was his starter. So is this really kind of – because is this really more of a personality thing in terms of who's able to handle those moments better? And handle the pressure better because to me it seems like a pressure. I mean, there's pressure situations here. You know, when you're a young quarterback and you get and you're working for Bill Belichick and you have to go out there and perform. Yeah. And you're just like, I think some people can handle it better. Like if if it were a guy like Joe Burrow, you know what I mean? Because I remember when he, you know, he won the Heisman. He walks into the fire. He walks in and was like, "Yo, what's next?" For sure. And I've I've seen him at UFC events and he's a confident dude. Like he's out there swagged up and just like, "Yo, what's next?" So. It's the proper question to ask because, yeah, I think depending on your personality or how much confidence you have is going to determine how much success you have under a guy like Bill Belichick. Like, I think, for for instance, watching that game originally on Monday night, Mac Jones started that game. And when the camera would go towards Bailey Zappi, his chin strap was tight as can be. His feet and toes were basically on the field like he was waiting to get his turn to get on the field, which I think as somebody like Mac Jones in their situation, if you're playing and you look over and you're trying to get a play call or right, a coach is talking to you in your headset and you look over and this kid's waiting for you to fail so that he can get in the game and you can go back to the bench. I don't understand how anybody can perform like that. I've always said that. Like if you have an opportunity to get rid of backups, I think you should get them completely out of the picture and give this guy an entire year, an entire six week before you put him on the bench and stuff like that. It is a mental thing. And you talked about guys like Joe Burrow. Those are kind of generational guys. Those are kind of one out of every hundred guys that are able to have that mindset. Like, I don't care what you say, what you do to me. I'm going to handle this the right way. I'm going to come out on top, rise like a phoenix kind of deal. Like, there are a few of those guys. I, myself, contemplate if I'd be able to handle the situation in New England because Bill Belichick, it's not like you can go to his office and talk to him. right? He's not going to have those conversations with you about, like, hey, here's our goal. Here's what we're going to do. The quarterback can't do that? Not under Bill Belichick. Here's actually what happened last week. They were both told that they were going to play, and they were not told who was going to start that game on Monday night. Now, if you just put that in perspective that that's what happened in an NFL game, it'll honestly blow your mind. In a league where millions and billions of dollars are funneled into it, right? there's mental health coaches, there's all of these guys. You can have private coaches. And these two quarterbacks who are paid millions of dollars had no clue who was going to start the game. So if that, imagine what that does to your mental. You go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You go through the entire week not knowing who's playing. You're splitting reps all practice long. And then all of a sudden, you expect one of these guys to go light it up when the lights are very bright and this, the stands are packed and you're playing on the road. Like, it just doesn't add up. And honestly, my takeaway from all of this, I'm going to reiterate, I think, what Jay Will was saying this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max from 6 to 10, that Bill Belichick is kind of outsmarting himself. Like, he has lost a lot of the things that made him successful in the past. He's lost that, and now he's still trying to do it the same way, but he hasn't adjusted, and therefore he's losing his touch. Well, see, I don't, see, I don't know if I, I agree with that because I feel as though it's a risky – proposition that he's doing by putting that pressure on these guys and saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna see I'm not gonna tell y'all who's starting but I'm gonna I'm gonna put y'all both in a situation that's old school by you I know yeah and but what that's I'm saying super is old school and but the one but if you can emerge out of that then you're ready for anything now obviously if you're doing Ooh. that like obviously if you are doing that you don't care about wins and losses right now 
And obviously, Bills is, doesn't he can't care about wins and losses right now if you're doing that. Dean, that's really good. That's really good. For as much as you get on home team and talk about it, I didn't I watch this game, I didn't do that. <laughs> what you just did right there was really good because that is the answer everybody was looking for. When it comes to Bill Belichick, he's saying, I don't give a damn if we lose this game. I want to see which one of you two has a set on you. I want to see exactly which one of you is going to take the reins and tell the other guy to screw off because it doesn't matter about him. It matters about you and it matters about this football team winning games. So for as much as that BS that you put on for the home <laughs> team talking about you don't know anything about that right there was beautifully done talking about coaching mindset and having a player come out successful in a situation that's tough for them. That was really well done. And that's the answer I think everybody was looking for that I wasn't even able to come up with or why Bill was doing that. Bill was saying, you're right. I don't care if we lose this game. I could care less. This season is almost a throwaway. The Buffalo Bills are in our division. There's really no way we can find a way to get there. I'm going to figure out which one of you guys really is going to lead this team. That's exactly what he's doing. And the see, I don't know anything about the X's and O's of football. Of course I not. Care. I don't know anything about the players. I can't even. Of course not. I couldn't name any division. You know what I'm of saying? Of course. But what I do know is about high-pressure situations. Uh, and that's all it is? And that's all it is. Weekly. And I, and, I, and I deal with that. I've been dealing with that for 25 years. I know all about that. And I know who can step up and who can't. And hey, we're talking about a Patriots organization that's used to winning. Right. right? That's used to ho- hoisting tro- uh, Super Bowl trophies, Super Bowl championships, putting rings on their fingers. Guys like Bob Kraft. Right? The man, like, so you're right. Like It's all high pressure when it comes to the Patriots. There's no time to slack off. But when there is, got to find answers. For sure. And I think that because Bill Belichick has the luxury of doing that, he can afford to lose. And he can afford to take these yeah. chances. Again. He can afford to do this, this experiment. Like if it was you know, one of these other coaches, like they can't afford to. they got to win right now. And people are not going to like hearing that. But that's the cold hard truth. That he can afford to go through situations like this. He He's can allowed afford, to. He can afford He's, to test it and go, all right, which one of you guys is good enough? I'm not going to tell y'all who's playing, but one of y'all. What, but when I throw you in there, you better be ready. And if you're not, we're going to keep trying to figure it out, and I don't care how many games we lose having to try to figure it out. And it's really just the cold, hard truth, and I, I agree with you, and I think, like I said, it's the answer everyone's been looking for because there's no other organization, there's no other head coach in the league who could pull something off like this. And Bill Belichick, we're in the midst of him basically – and the first time in his career, not giving a damn if he wins or if he loses. He needs to figure out the task at hand. And right now, that is finding a starting quarterback for his team. I, Bill Belichick could go 0-17, and they won't get rid of him. I, 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 so, so I hear you, and I would agree, but I think that short is a little – or that leash is a little shorter than you think. So if he were to go 0 and now 17, it's not 16 anymore. Yeah, he would have to do that probably two seasons in a row before they did yeah, cut him I mean, off. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, two seasons that they'd be like, yo, man, I think mean, I – mean, <laughs> I think he could be Baker acted at that point. For like, sure. What is going on with this guy? Like, what are we doing? For sure. But but I think that the team, the owners, everyone trusts him to do what he needs to do. Yeah, they do. They most definitely and, do. And But will the fans put up with that is the question. Yeah, that is a good question. See, we're I don't think about- the fans will put up with that. Like, I think the team and the owners and all of them would go, you know what? We trust Bill Bills. Gave us, he's given us six Super Bowls. Sure. You know, we can – we can afford to take a couple years and, and rebuild. Sure, I think that's what a Patriots fan would tell you, right? That, hey, we've earned our right to be able to kind of not move with a sense of urgency in this season as, or maybe the next season to come. Yeah, but that's kind of like almost a cop-out in a sense because at the end of the day, yeah, you're out there to win games and you're seeing teams like the Panthers now rocking with an interim head coach just taking out a Tampa Bay and a Tom Brady team right now. And so it's like, there's no such thing as tank- tanking anymore. We hear Adam Silver talk about it quite frequently in the NBA. Like, there's no such thing 
as tanking. And you see teams go out and give maximum effort. That's what the Patriots are going to continue to do on paper. But at the end of the day, we've called it out. You said that <laughs> Bill Belichick really just doesn't care right now what's going so on. So hold on. You can't tank no more? They're making it harder and harder to tank. So they're throwing out ideas as far as the NBA goes. Adam Silver said there might be a tournament to play for that number one pick between the five bottom tier teams. So you can't tank because now there are recruits. There are prospects coming out of high school and out of college right now that are just John Morant worthy, right? That are guys just like un just alienated guys who don't compare. And yet tanking is becoming more and more of a conversation around the NBA and the NFL because teams right now are playing without coaches, are playing without quarterbacks, and they're trying to figure out ways to prevent it. Mm. It, it, it is another important topic right now. Adam Silver actually spoke on it two or three days ago. I was about ago. to say because I thought that was always a thing. So, but back to this quarterback situation, in your estimation, from your experience as a quarterback, who is the better quarterback between Bailey Zappi and so, Mac Jones? So that's not necessarily that hard of an answer. The answer is Mac Jones, and I, I think it has to do a lot with him already have been in that system and kind of knowing or had a year or two to understand defenses and what they're doing on the back end and what this Patriots playbook is. Because put it in perspective, so we're talking about Bailey Zappi, who's been there for, what, six, seven months now since training camp. Does he really understand what these defenses are trying to do? A lot of these things are disguised. Now, you're talking about going up against defenses led by Dennis Allen for the New Orleans Saints. Like, he's the cream of the crop right now. So a lot of the things that you're seeing in the NFL you have never seen in college. These That's guys, what I was about to say. How much of a – I mean, how – much, you know, how mind blowing is that for it a is. guy like Bailey's happy for sure in Western Kentucky so, to go now he's on the Patriots exactly. So you're asking me that question, which is basically giving the answer that Mac Jones is the better of the two, right? Because it is still crazy for him probably, and we saw it on Monday night. Yeah, there was some beginning. So he got, he got that's what I was about to say. He got lucky in he the did. beginning. He like did. he was just feeling like it just worked okay. out for him. It literally just worked out for him. There were a couple of plays that were dialed up that led to guys being open and them ending up scoring touchdowns, right? Two of the two drives, two of his first two drives, I apologize. And then right? He got yeah, humbled. Then it was it, like, All right. it, he came back down to earth because of these defenses move at a different speed. These players are bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. There's just things that they do differently. Their minds are on a whole nother level. They know how to disguise, how he to trick Justin you. got Justin Fielded. Of course. It's like when Justin Fields was like, oh, I thought it'd be faster. And then it caught up. It and caught then it up. caught up. So yeah, the easy answer there is Mac Jones. He's seen it. He understands it more so than Bailey Zappi. He hasn't had the sample size. He hasn't been on the field enough to kind of recognize what these defenses are trying to do, how they're trying to attack them. So it's easy and it's funny you know if I were to put money I would put money on this that they're sitting in position rooms in their quarterback meetings and Mac Jones is probably still teaching him things right like if you were in Bailey Zabby's position and I was Mac Jones and we're watching film together 10 out of 10 times if there's a guy who's been there longer he's obviously helping you out so he's like hey man this means this. And when you see this, this means this. It's not like Bailey Zappi's sitting in there understanding everything that's going on. He's a 21-year-old kid. You could borderline call him a child as it is right now. So, yeah, he hasn't had enough time in the league right now to be a better quarterback than Mac Jones, in my opinion. So, do you think – do those guys get along? How, how well did they get along in the room? Again, now that's a really good question because, remember, I put it into perspective for you. Mac Jones being on the field, right, having the reins of the offense, prime time for a New England Patriots organization that's so, so successful – and you look over and you see this guy basically waiting for you to fail. Like that's really well, what's that's going what I'm on. saying. So, I mean, that's got to be weird because so, like I'm just I, I was just helping you out, and now you on the sideline like yo, I can't wait another play, boy. I'm getting in there. And this is the this is the problem we have with college football. I think this is when you see kids competing right to get to the next level or even get on the field 
we all are secretly wanting our teammate to fail. And I ask, why would you want to put your players in this position? Because obviously, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi's relationship is completely tethered and now broken. Like, there's nothing that they can do. There's, there's, there's nothing that they can do anymore. It's all a lie. It's all a facade. When you see conversations had have been like, oh, I'm rooting for him, right? I want him to be successful. Then these guys retire, and then they go get a mic in front of their face, and they talk about how the relationship wasn't good. So it's like they're just masking it, hiding it to all of us. But yeah, actually, they want them to fail, and they want them to get on the field because why? They want millions of dollars. So their relationship is broken. Plenty of guys' relationships around the league is broken. Imagine if you're a receiver, right? You come in, you're fresh, you're 21, 22 years old. You can jump out the gym. You got longer arms. But there's guys like Larry Fitzgerald that's in front of you, somebody who's been in the league now for 14, 15 seasons, who's got thousands and thousands of receiving yards, got touchdowns, has records. But you know, and you know your coach knows, that you can produce better than an old Larry Fitzgerald, that you can jump higher, that you can run faster, that you can catch more balls than him. But there's just nothing you can do because he's been there longer. It's almost seniority. It's like those are the situations that end up breaking these relationships up. Like, how am I supposed to have a relationship with a guy that I know I'm better than him, that I know I should be playing in front of, and I'm actually not? It's tough. I could imagine. Oh, my goodness. And that's, that's why I'm, when I think about, like, like, broken relationships, like, Drew Bledsoe probably still ain't friends with Tom Brady. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, man, screw that guy. I mean, at the same time, like, Tom Brady has ended up making Drew Bledsoe money on the back end when it comes to business, so there's that to thank him for. Like, we still talk about Drew Bledsoe only because Tom Brady. So he has that to thank for. But, yeah, at the same time, he legitimately ruined his entire career and ruined his entire life. How can he look at this guy straight in the face and talk to him? You can't. Yeah, because – and. And watching that, what was it, the documentary called? The, uh, no, the Man in the Arena. The Man in the Arena. And I will never, like, my favorite part of the Man in the Arena is when Drew Bledsoe is on the, the little ski lift and he's in there crying. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, it was so sad, but that's, that's the vision I get of Drew Bledsoe in my head. Like, here's this quarterback who was the highest paid quarterback in the league, gets hit, gets out. Tom Brady takes his job. Now he's on a ski lift crying. I honestly am in shock that you are laughing about that. Because I that is one know, of the so hardest sad. things for for me to watch. I'm somebody who's been in that position before, right? I've The person who has been sidelined due to injury and have had not really been able to get that job back in the time that I wanted to when I was that guy. So going from being that guy to nobody is probably the hardest thing that anybody faces in sports. And we're about to see it happen. We're in the midst of seeing it happen with Mac Jones. Mac Jones went from being a top 100 player in the NFL, right? He was in a Pro Bowl last year. To if he doesn't perform this week, he will be benched. And odds are he will never be a starting quarterback in the NFL again. So when did that happen to you? It was probably when I first got into the lineup, right? So as a redshirt freshman, you sit behind these seniors and stuff, and then now it's your turn, right? Mm -hmm. It's your turn once those guys graduate. So was this, was this at the me, Salukis? Yeah, it was. It was at Southern okay. Illinois. So, yeah, you went from being kind of learning from the seniors, right, being a redshirt freshman to being like, hey, when these guys go, I'm under the interpretation that I'm going to be that starting quarterback and whatnot. And as I was working my way up into becoming that starting quarterback, boom, spinal stuff, right? I had it and getting surgery. Somebody else stepped in front of me performed well enough to the point where I didn't necessarily get my shot that I thought that I was going to originally get. So you go you go from a mental space of being like, oh, I'm excited. I cannot wait, right? There's, I'm going to be rich. Everything's going to happen for me. I'm so excited to not even being given the opportunity, having to heal up, wait months and months and an entire season, basically, to be fully healthy, then end up going to win that job. So it's like, I understand 
what it feels like to be some in, in a position of like, this is going to work out for me to not even having the opportunity crying on a ski lift. I've cried on a ski lift plenty well, of no, times. <laughs> I'm saying like, listen. And I, you're over there. I, now no, I know I'm people laughing. like Dean no, Thomas no. are at home on the couch laughing at I'm, me. I'm 100% laughing, at, laughing, at, laughing at you because I've been there too. For, I mean, I've for been sure. There too. I've been there too. Like when I got, I got knocked out on national TV. <laughs> I got knocked out by BJ Penn on national TV. <laughs> January it was uh, June 29th, you remember 2001. Today. I remember today, June 29th, <laughs> 2001. This is the worst day of my life because <laughs> MMA wasn't on TV, and then it just got back on TV, and then like the very first event, it was back on TV yes. on, on pay per view. I'm on there, co-main event, and I get knocked out by BJ Penn, <laughs> and like this is like all my friends are watching. And I'm like. I mean, it's impact. so like I know what it was like, and trust me, it took me years to get over that. Right, years to get over. But once I got over it, now I can laugh about it for sure. So now, so that's why, like, I'm in a position. I'm laughing about it, so I can look at you know and Drew Bledsoe and be like, ah, this man's on the ski lift crying for ah. sure. And, and and I think just put it into perspective, we talked about how you just had your friends streaming it at at one point. It wasn't even on television to the point where now watching a Monday Night Football between the Bears and Patriots, there's thirty. Four different ways to watch that game. There's 34 different angles to watch that game. You can tune into all of the press conferences just so people can laugh, just so people can listen, just so people can write off and make fun of. Like there are so many ways to consume content nowadays to where we all are seeing the demise of an of a guy like Mac Jones, of a guy like Bill Belichick. Like it's right in front of our face. We're in front row watching this all go down. And the views that these guys get are absolutely crazy. Uh, the blue the views are absolutely I know, nuts. Like, I, like at least at least in my like from my situation, like no one was watching. For, you know like, right. no, no one was watching but like, you know, maybe a, a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, thirty four million people watching the, Right and nowadays you, know, you see there are podcasts and clips and YouTubes of guys talking about this whose views go through the roof. And if it's the stance like, hey, Mac Jones' career is done forever, LOL, and they're laughing and people feel that way about it, they sign off on that. They double down. They give it a like. Imagine being that Mac Jones guy. Imagine scrolling through just trying to leisurely go through your social media and you come across a post that talks about how you're going to become an NFL journeyman, how you're not going to be successful and your career is basically over. How can somebody even live, wake up, breathe with this stuff going on? I find it really hard. I know, man, with social media right now, right? Like, yeah, it, it makes it very tough for athletes because you have to deal with that, which is why guys like Kevin Durant have burner accounts to try to it, defend themselves. I don't blame them. I mean, I do because Kevin Durant like needs a – first off, he needs a haircut. You know what I'm saying? He needs a brush. Well, he needs a brush. He needs a good ball. He needs a brush. You know or he needs, he needs to, to get plugs. He needs but, to yeah. get the LeBron James. But he needs to stop worrying so much about the fans. See, now I would disagree, and I would love to disagree with you because he needs to get these takes off. Like, like how else are you going to de- – yeah, how for sure. How else are you going to kind of make this stop? And I understand there's probably no way to make this stop, but I love getting your takes off. Or if somebody – you can tell somebody saying something about you and they don't know the information they need to know, I have no problem with you giving them that information, if that makes any sense. Well, we will continue this on the other side. Let's take a quick break. But before we go, join I Think Financial for free shred days this October. We invite you to securely discard personal and financial documents as well as help those in need by donating non-perishable or canned food items at each event. Enjoy free refreshments and giveaways on select days this month at a branch near you. Stop by your local branch to see how I Think Financial can start saving you money. Each individual is allowed up to 10 standard size bankers boxes of paper materials at a time for shredding. Certified document destruction shredding service offered to I Think Financial Credit Union members through MicroShred, a non-affiliated third-party 
service provided for I Think Financial Credit Union. Non-paper items will not be accepted, though, but by participating in the free shredding service, you agree to hold credit unions harmless for all liability. I'm Dean Thomas at Stone Labanowitz. This is ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Welcome back. Ken LaVica live on ESPN 106.3. I am your host, Dean Thomas, along with Stone Labanowitz. Labanowitz. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Labanowitz. Is that a Floridian slip? That was a Floridian, Flor- <laughs> that's a Floridian slip. Yes, it is. Yeah. Now, it's because we're from the Treasure Coast, man. You know, like some, like sometimes being on the Treasure Coast in the Pizzle is hard for me to. For sure. We're not. We're give, not it's hard for me to respect the boy from polished. Rio. Yeah, it's hard for me to respect the boy from Rio. I, I hear that. So it's a little hard for me. I hear that. But we are here on a beautiful, beautiful day mm-hmm. at the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl golf outing at Banyan K. It is so beautiful. The weather is so nice. It's not too hot. We are sitting underneath the little. What are we? What is this? The little cabana. Cabana. Yeah, and it's just beautiful. And it's too bad. Like right now, the, the golfers they're not in front of us right mm-hmm. now. But um, hopefully, Mike Matroka has found his ball. Hopefully, we get another group of guys come through and we get to see <laughs> Mike Matroka lost his ball in the woods That's somewhere. Right. That's like right. It, it's funny because he goes up to hit, and next thing you know, you see him crawling around <laughs> the woods like huh, we're reaching ball? in and out of yeah. bushes. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that ball was in somewhere in the trees. It was, Dean. Can I tell the people something special? Yeah, tell them something special. I want to tell them about underdog fantasy. It's the easiest place to play fantasy football. It's the easiest place to play fantasy basketball. No longer can you play fantasy baseball, but wait, you can. For this World Series, there's easy pick'em games. You can go over and under. It's the fastest-growing fantasy app in the industry. Like I said, in baseball, you can play the pick'em game. You can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game. You pick between two and five players to build a pick'em team. You can make rivals pick. You can go over and under, whether it's on base, whether it's hits, whether it's home runs, whether it's receptions. Pass attempts, touchdowns, rushing yards, whatever you want to do, Dean. You pick over it, you pick under, you pick a team. You compete against other teams from guys and gals around the country trying to win big. Folks, that's underdog fantasy. Well, um, for me, I would pick against the Lakers. Of course you would. And I would pick against the Lakers. So I'm going to give you another chance to redeem yourself. Woo! Stone Labanowitz, I need you to redeem yourself. Earlier in the show, you said... Oh man, we spend so much time dogging the Lakers. Yes, so I'm gonna actually find that is be nice true. Do will you right now at this moment redeem yourself and get back on the train and start dissing the Lakers? For for sure. Here's what I'm gonna do. All right. First of all, Dean, I've never dissed like the Lakers. It. I've stood on the Lakers bandwagon. I've stood on this ship. It's a sinking ship, but I'm standing there with floaties around both my arms because I'm ready to go down with the ship. Here's what I'll do, Dean. I'll raise you one. You're going to take the Nuggets spread tonight. I'm going to take the Lakers spread tonight. We're gonna hash it out. Right, so you need the Nuggets to win by six points. Six or more, six is the least amount of points you can win it by for you to win the bet between me and you. So what is the stakes of the bet, though? This this we can decide, but if you're going to sit here and just keep dogging my Lakers, then I'm not going to put up with it. I'm wanting you to put your money where your mouth is. If I really could have the stakes that I wanted, I would want you to bring me a nice hot sub. But I know that doesn't sound like too much of an ask, 
but I would want you to bring me something that you can watch me sink my teeth into. A something sub? that you can watch me eat. Something that you can watch. How about my fist? Drip down. <laughs> sink my teeth. Sink your teeth into my fist. <laughs> For sure, but but seriously, I, I continuously have to back these Lakers up. I have to go to bat for them when they're probably one of the worst teams in the NBA, but I'm just not willing to let go. So, yeah, they are sitting at five-and-a-half-point underdogs, and I'm willing to rock with this Lakers squad just to prevent you making fun of Russell Westbrook, just to prevent you making fun of a guy like Anthony Davis, a guy who continuously jogs out there and gets hurt. And the worst part is, as messed up and as much – stuff that we're talking about much messes we're talking about these guys and guess what they have the prime time slot at 10 p.m tonight on espn because why the world's obviously going to be watching these guys they just can't get enough of these los angeles lakers because they're terrible and i'm gonna raise your stakes here i'm gonna bring you a sub if if they win nice but here's the thing how about that here's the thing um here, here's how here's what it's maybe not even fair but you what's a it's, it's uh five and a half five and a half i'm gonna go double digits you are? They're going to lose by double digits. You are? Yep. You're going to do that? Yep. That's really nicely done by you, actually. I think there's a lot of value in that. And honestly, if you were, fine. Then I would have to bring you two of whatever you want, basically, because you're doubling your odds. The odds are against you there. I'm willing to make that bet even more now. But I do respect that, though. I think there's a chance that these guys do get blown out by double digits, and I will cry myself to sleep tonight because the Los Angeles Lakers will move to 0-4, and they will no longer even be in contention. I know that's funny saying that the first week into the NBA season, but if they can't manage to scrap a win through the first two weeks of the season, these guys are in a heap, a heap of trouble, Dean. No, if, no so here's the, I don't want anything. You know what I'm saying? All I want you to do is I'm going to write a poem that I want you to read on air tomorrow mm. if they win. That's but, fine. Yeah, we, if if uh, if you lose the bet, if yeah, if you lose the bet, but I'm going that they they lose by more than d- double digits. You can go to double digits. Okay, yeah. fine. Then we'll just make a list of all of the props, Dean. So then, Le- LeBron James over under twenty eight and a half points. You tell me over or under. Under. Under it is. Go down to. Patrick Beverly, six and a half points. What team, what team do you play for? Hey, come on, man. Patrick Beverly plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, under, what's his under? Six and a half points. Uh, he'll go over. Okay, we can go over. Now, I am looking for Nikola Jovic, the back-to-back MVP. You know the big Serbian Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Of course. So, we're looking at 27 points at least. Where are you going there? <sighs> He's going over. That's the reason why they're going to win by double digits. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Let's go. Oh no, wait, Cyrus is looking at me like, Ben, are you crazy? <laughs> but is that let's go. Is that is that a bad is that a bad prop bet, Cyrus? It's absolutely not a bad prop bet. He, he I think he's just laughing. <laughs> is that, at wait picks. a minute, is that even is twenty seven even the, the number that I would not prop, play you, you like that. You have to show me. I would not play you like okay, that. Okay, it's twenty seven. Okay, so then we'll go on over to Anthony Davis. We're looking at twenty three and a half points under. with the over under. Wow, A D twenty three and a half. We're going under. Dean, you will win. A lot for me. Now we can figure out these stakes, but if you end up nailing these and just completely we'll just do on this hate we'll just train, do for those. completely on this hate train for the Los Angeles Lakers, I'll be upset. I'll be absolutely upset that you're just gonna continuously dog and dog and dog my boys out. To be honest, they're not even presenting Russell Westbrook odds. I can't even <laughs> give you. I'm serious. I'm serious. How about it? Cyrus? About if you could potentially help me out and try to find a point prop here for Russell Westbrook, there's not even a point prop for I, him. I, I there's not even an assist prop. Not or even. Point how about a, like a time, minutes in the game no, prop or there, anything? There, which was kind of the whole reason that I brought it up 
honestly, the, the props here just to kind of see what Russell Westbrook's at, and he happened to be the only one that's not posted. I don't know if they don't want people betting on it or they do want people betting on it or they're saving it for right before a game time. But, yeah, as it stands right now, you can't even bet against or for Russell Westbrook right now. That is crazy. Isn't it? I remember, man, when he was on the Thunder, man, like he was a savage. So so it's funny because we're looking at Nikola Jovic at 27.5 points. Right, That's his player prop. That's how many points he's supposed to score. Russell Westbrook. Back when he played for the Thunder, was the guy who had 27.5 points posted. That's what you were able to bet on. Nowadays, it looks at 15 points. It looks at 16.5. Like, it's just a But they don't have world. nothing for him right now. Nothing for him. Zero. Zilch, nada. Nothing for Russell Westbrook And right he's now. ugly. And <laughs> I hate that you keep calling my man's ugly. I'm just saying, man. Like I, I don't know why I keep doing that. There's no, there's nothing, there's no props for this guy. There's no props, and Cyrus just said, yeah, there's nothing. I told him to check on other sports book or other well, websites. Who else? Yeah, so who else? I mean, how do you have a team with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Patrick Beverly? I would turn it over to. Uh, I would try to make a UFC analogy for you. Like so, so when we're talking about the Ultimate Fighter Championship, remember when they used to do the TV show? Of course you do. You know, what was a team that was so combustible but that you knew that if it was a round robin, they wouldn't come out on top and they had some of the best fighters? Like, if you could take a second to think about some high-octane characters, some guys you know if you put together on the same team that would not be successful, try to make that analogy because that's really what you got here. You got a lot of guys who want different things, who are playing under the umbrella of God and Jesus Christ, which is LeBron James. You can't disappoint him, right? You got to do what he says. You never want to be put into a dog shed or a tool shed. Yeah, there we have it right there. Russell Westbrook, appreciate that, Cyrus. Points prop over or under 13 and a half points. Dean, where he are you found going? That, I don't know where he found that at. That was like on some website in Romania. <laughs> I don't know how he got that, so but Dean, I'm going under. You're going under 13. He scored two points the other day, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah, so he, he's definitely going he under had, that. He had two points. Dean Thomas going under there. <laughs> yeah, but think about teams or think about UFC fighters that if you did have to put them on a team would be just so combustible that you knew, oh, God, this is not going to work out. Like who are some names that most people know that would come to mind early on where you're like, there is no possible way this comes out good See, in but any way. I mean, that's hard because, like, it's still individuals, you know, so, like, that's, right. that's kind of difficult because I understand, like, with a team sport, there has to be chemistry. For sure. You know, so, and, and it's a little easier to put it that way. So it's, it's, hard, it's harder with MMA, I think. Yeah, I can't really think of it. Yeah, and it is a tough analogy to do because they're all kind of fighting for a paycheck. They're fighting for that money. When NBA guys, right, they can have these mindsets because they've already been paid, right? Like they, yeah, don't, they maybe don't want to play in the city anymore, so they've kind of thrown in the towel. Like, all of these emotions are running high for these guys to the point where we really don't know what Russell Westbrook wants from this team. We don't know what his goals are. We don't know what his vision of success is. We don't know what LeBron James wants from Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't even know if they conversate about those things. So there's just a whole whirlwind of stuff going on with this Los Angeles Lakers team that us as fans and as media are on a daily basis really trying to figure out. And people get tired of us talking about the Lakers, but it is a really interesting story because you have arguably the greatest basketball player of all time paired with some of the most talented basketball players that we've ever seen in guys like Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, and they can't string together a win. They haven't won a game this year. Who's the coach right now for the Lakers? Darvin Ham, somebody who came over from the Milwaukee Bucks organization, some guy who was kind of fenced with this defensive mindset who they thought, is what the Lakers needed, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to come in and establish this team defensively. They brought him guys to be a defensive team, and they still have not. Well, I mean, been they're probably still just trying to. I mean, when you think about it, so we talk about you know LeBron and you know all these players, talented, but from an offensive standpoint. So, 
maybe they just haven't connected yet for, to get that like def- defensive mindset sure. to make it work for them. Sure. So LeBron James actually said in a post-game interview that, boy, we can't shoot. We have no lasers on this team. And it's funny to hear a guy say that when you just took an offseason bringing in guys you thought who could shoot, thinking you're going to fix the holes you have in your ship. They're shooting 21% from three. So they ended the other night, I believe, 10 of 31. Dean, I think me and you could maybe possibly make 10 of 31 three-point attempts. I, I trust us yeah. in that situation. But the yeah. Los Angeles, and it's funny we're even saying that because, honestly, I do think I can make six. I think maybe you can put in four out of 31. And the Los Angeles Lakers can't even do that right now. They made 10 of 31 last time out, and they ended up losing to the Trailblazers. So here's an analogy I can make with fighting, because this, and this might be the Lakers' problem. So sometimes in fighting, like, you have, like, these glaring weaknesses, right? And you go, okay, these are our weaknesses. So then you start working on your weaknesses. So then, but your weaknesses never really improve all that much. But then because you have, you've been focusing so much on your weaknesses, you lose your strengths. And I think maybe that could be the problem with, with that. It's like, like they brought in these guys to be shooters, right? And they're not shooting okay. well because maybe they lost some of their shooting because they've been focusing on defense or other things, and then they lost some of their strengths. So with that being said, first of all, I absolutely love that because I think you do have something there. I think you have a Russell Brestbrook, you have an Anthony Davis, guys who have kind of had to come into a new city, a new team, and try to morph and play, and they lost some of their strengths, right? Like that aggression that mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook did have is gone. He doesn't, he doesn't want to slit your throat anymore. He wants to whine. He wants to complain. He's hoping his shots right. are going yeah. in instead of having that mentality that he used to have where it's like, I know the shot's going in. Like, I'm him. I'm he was a guy. dog. I'm a dog. I'm going to go get that bucket when we need one. Now it's kind of, I don't know if I haven't been making the shot lately. And you put up that shot and you don't make it. So, yeah, I think they have gotten away from their strengths. I think that's a really interesting perspective to think about it. And it's funny where you've been doing that, right? Standing on the sideline standing behind headsets and stuff, talking about, you know, professional athletes as in, like, they can't even get out of their own way right now. And honestly, it's what's going on. None of it's a lie. Nothing, nothing, no part of it is hidden. Like, these guys cannot figure it out right now. Well, they have no strength. There's I know, none. that's what I'm saying. Like, There's none. But, and I know sometimes, like, when we, usually we're sitting here and we're talking about these guys, but honestly, this is nothing that I would not say to their face. And I see these guys sometimes, like, if they want to have beef with me, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know where I'll be. I'll be, on the, I'll be at the show. Oh, I love that. So I just, for, for, for audio and clipping purposes, I just want you to call <laughs> yeah, out that, Russell Westbrook right now. Oh, I, see, I seen him at like, the show. Like, put it, put it in statement form. I seen, I seen him. He was with uh, – who was he with? It was uh, Russell Westbrook was with – Chris Paul or somebody. Okay. I've seen them together one time at, at the UFC. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gave him a little eye. Look, look oh at him and give him a little eye. See what's up. You know what I mean? Like, and how, how much attention did he pay to you? Well, I mean, he gave me the eye back. But, you know, like, trust me, they didn't they want the smoke, though, Stone. I believe that. They didn't want the smoke. I believe that. Yeah. Dr- Draymond Green, you you wouldn't fall like Jordan Poole would. Nah. Draymond Green wouldn't have got that You close. know how to eat those. Yeah, You've yeah. eaten Draymond, a lot of those punches to the that. face. You know, I would have slipped that. <laughs> No, I, I remember I saw Tyron Lue at, a, at an event once, and uh, it, it he was outside the hotel. They were staying at the same hotel we were. He was, I think, I think it was for the Rockets or somebody. Okay. And they were staying at the same hotel we were, and I remember seeing him outside, and I was like, "Oh, that's old boy." And he looked at me, and I was like, "I was like, man, what you want to do? You want, you want to go? You want to do?" You didn't I say what up? Go. No, I didn't say what up. I was like, "Man, you think Iverson took you someplace? I take you somewhere." <laughs> oh, I thought yes. I was gonna leave him on the on the street bleeding. Leaking. <laughs> former former UFC champion Dean Thomas takes down Tyron Lue and is arrested in the streets of Houston. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That'd been great. Nah, but uh, we got one more segment. When we come back, we're gonna chop it up some more. Wrap this show up. We want to thank you guys. Thank everybody here at theroofclaim.com. Booker Tonebow Golf Outing. I'm Dean Thomas. That's Stone Labanowitz on Ken Levick Alive. 
the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 106.3. Welcome back. I'm Dean Thomas on Ken LaVica Live. Live at the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl golf outing. It's so beautiful out here. A beautiful day. A beautiful day of golf. It'd also be a beautiful day for polo. Ooh, interesting you say that, Dean. Something on the horizon here is the FIP World Polo Championships. We're talking about dates. When's that going down? October 29th to November 6th. It's, of course, at the Palm Beaches. It's over 35 years old. 25 countries compete across five zones. Unfortunately, not too familiar with zones in polo. Dean, I don't know about you. Second time the tournament has been played in the States, though, so it's coming back to South Florida. We love that. Eight top teams qualify for the World Polo Championships. Here's the teams that have qualified. USA, who is hosting the event, as I've mentioned. Argentina, 2017, they won this damn thing. Mexico, Uruguay, Italy, Spain, Australia, Pakistan. Of course, like I mentioned, the opening ceremony is October 29th. That's when Team USA hits the field on ESPN. Of course, check your local listings. We will be broadcasting it live, not us individually, but on ESPN 106.3. So make sure you're turning that on. U.S. Polo Association is the official apparel partner for FIP and the FIP World Polo Championships. Look out for that, guys. Cannot wait to get my eyes on that. I love polo. Do you? Yeah, man. Have you ever been to a polo match? I actually haven't. You've never been to a polo I match? I haven't, and I, I, I do want to very badly be at one. I've been to one. I mean, I didn't really pay attention much to the game, actually, in itself, because, like... Well, that makes sense. But, like, the, the experience and the atmosphere... The women. The women. The outfits. The outfits. I love it all. It's awesome. It's amazing. And that was... and that was. I used to go all the time with, uh, with Josh Cohen. Did you? And I'd be, I was out there so bougie. Was he always out? He was probably outdressing you, though. No, no. Well. Or no, you weren't letting that happen? This was a time I couldn't really dress that good, so, like, I would just wear. What do you mean it was a time that I couldn't really dress? What does that even mean? <laughs> you just didn't was, know how I was, to? Yeah, I was, I was still trying to get my foot in, you know what I'm saying? I was still. What does still, that even I mean? Was still, I was still trying to match. What does you know? that even mean? No, I, I don't was, understand. I didn't, really have, I didn't really have my outfits all that you well put together. You were still wearing UFC slides and, and, no, and I mean, gym I was, shorts no, I was and wearing, stuff. I was, you know, I like, to, I like to wear layers, and I was actually wearing too many layers. <laughs> so, so you had an undershirt on like the like shirt like a, stuff? Yeah, I had like a, a tank top, undershirt, collar to- shirt, sweater, total, jacket. To- uh, total lame. Yeah. Total just and it, and it was it was hot out, too. So uh-huh. like, I was still trying to get my colors You were probably cramping Josh's style, if anything. No. No, well, Josh. Josh told me a little bit about you know pocket squares, <laughs> so on and so forth. But now you should see me. I got I'm wearing, rocking the turtleneck and the ascot. Hey, the best draft on the UFC panel. Of the course, UFC everybody broadcast. knows that. There's there, no one on television looking like no you. There's no one. There's no one that goes on the broadcast. That's like fresh me. to death. I love that. And uh, Daniel Cormier can admit it. I believe it. Well, we had a great time out here at the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl golf outing. It was a great time. We got to chop up some UFC stuff. I am Dean Thomas. I was along with Stone Labanowitz, and it was an amazing time. Thank you for joining us, and I'll be on again at 4 o'clock on Josh Conner and the home team. Peace out, y'all.